This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential, and of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome back, everyone. I have a sweet interview for you today. I'm interviewing Matthew. He's the founder and CEO of two personal development businesses. One of them is focused on the mind, called Human Potential Academy, and the other is focused on the body, which is called 100 Days of Discipline. He's an international speaker and a coach with a proven track record of leading teams, facilitating large-scale business mergers and acquisitions, and expanding his teams throughout North America, Asia, Europe, and Africa. So for over 10 years, the founder of Human Potential Academy has been empowering people with the knowledge, tools, and training that he's learned in his own personal journey. So today with Matthew, I'm going to be diving into his businesses. We're going to be talking about human behavior, spirituality, finances, and of course, human design. So I hope that you enjoy today's episode and make sure that you check out the show notes after the episode because there's going to be some great resources there for you and ways that you can connect with Matthew. So let's dive in. Matthew, welcome to the channel. I'm so excited to have you here. And I would love if you can start us off by sharing what's your human design, because obviously I talk about this on my channel a lot. And I would love for you to dive into how you got into the work that you're currently doing. I am a one three generator through and through. I investigate like a machine and then I experiment and bump into the world like a machine all day, every day. I live into my design by going to bed absolutely exhausted every day. And as a byproduct, I sleep like an angel. I six hours of sleep and I am good to go no matter how much I did the day before. Every day, I was actually having a sit back. And this morning, I was like, I was actually like reveling and having deep appreciation and gratitude for my adrenal glands and my nervous system. It's like, if other people were doing what I would do, I would be like, how? And so I'm a one, three generator. (laughs) I love that you're so aware and embodied in this work. There's actually not a lot of men that I know that are familiar with human design. I'd say like literally 90% of the people that I connect with are women who are familiar with human design. So I'm curious in the introduction, I shared how, you know, you have human potential Academy and you have a hundred days of discipline. And I'm just really curious if you can share about your journey into creating this, especially, you know, you can talk about it from a human design lens, but I just want to hear your story in terms of how you got started with these two businesses that you have. Yeah. So without it taking up the entirety of our call, um, I did definitely am definitely, but did definitely live fully into my one, three design to arrive at these businesses, which means I did all of the things incorrectly a lot across a wide range of arenas to then acquire high levels of knowledge and application in a wide array. I, I, one three is data collector guy and I collected many, many, many datas have been collected. And so how I landed at these two businesses was I grew up in a small town. I ended up moving to the city, starting door-to-door sales and falling in love with the art of communication and then quickly falling in love with the art of education. 
where I, for a decade now, I've been quite obsessed with how people learn, remember, and then execute on the information with that execution piece being by far the most difficult part. And for 10 years now, I've been like almost daily obsessed with investigating this spectrum where it goes neuroscience, psychology, philosophy, and spirituality all on a spectrum. I don't believe we can separate God for the mind or mind from God. I think it's like the question, if a tree falls in the wood, doesn't make a sound if no one's around to hear it. And so how I landed in Human Potential Academy in 100 Days of Discipline, uh, 100 Days of Discipline actually came first and was a critical component to me becoming the founder of Human Potential Academy. What I found out early on in my career while I'm trying to figure out how do people learn, remember, and execute on information in the sales realm was that if I just teach people about sales, they're terrible. If I teach people how to sell me this pen, they don't do it, and then they quit. But if I teach people how to have a healthy mind, healthy body, good relationships, effective communication, which effective communication is sales, then they do phenomenal at business and all other avenues of their life. And so out of this uh, spawned the uh, the culture and the core concepts of Human Potential Academy, which is the five pillars of human potential. So the financial pillar, the physical pillar, the emotional pillar, the mental pillar, and the spiritual pillar. I was living in Hong Kong doing some business out there. And I was I'd gone through a spiritual awakening prior. And so I was like tapping into my intuition and and whatever you want to call it, God, all source universe was telling me like, hey, if you go do that thing, it's not going to go well for you. If you go and do that thing, it is going to do well for you. And my whole spiritual experience is scientific based, meaning I take data. And so the voice would say, don't go do that thing. It's not going to go well. And I'd be like, I'm going to go do that thing. And then I would go do that thing. Lo and behold, it wouldn't go well. There's a data point. Go and do this thing that makes no sense. And it's going to go well. I'd go do it. It would work out. And so I was playing around with this in Asia, you know, still drinking a lot and messing around. And obviously source was saying, if you do that, it's not going to go well. Taking all these data points. And then I started exercising every day because of my, uh, the other co-founder, one of my best friends, his name is Luke exercising every single day and it unlocked my mental discipline and my physical temple. And as a byproduct, I stopped screwing around in my businesses. I just stopped procrastinating and was attacking my to-do list daily, even though I didn't want to. The thing about 100 days of discipline is, is yes, it's 100 days of body weight exercises and you get the physical, uh, you reap the physical benefits of doing that. But the actual reason for the program is to do things that you don't want to do that you know you should do that you promised yourself you would do. And we used exercising every single day because you don't want to do it 70% of the time. And in a 100-day span, that's 70 days. That's two out of the three months you're not going to want to do it. And those are the days why you sign up for the program. That's the whole point. And so it's a essentially, it's like a anti-procrastination program that we use physical discipline because it's the easiest one to do. Everyone's got 20 minutes every day. So it unlocked my physical pillar. And I believe that self-discipline is the highest form of self-love. You're loving yourself tomorrow more than you are today. And so our capacity to love others, the size of the cup of water that you have to fill or bucket or pool or ocean is dependent on how much you love yourself. And so my relationships since then have just gotten better and better and better and better. Like the relationship with my father has gone from zero to a thousand in the past couple of years. And I I credit it to this.
I came back from Hong Kong. I got my first client for coaching. It was literally like, I don't know how I can help you, but I definitely can. And then I helped her. And then I got my second client. I was like, I don't know, but I definitely can. I don't know, but I definitely can. And what ended up happening was I ended up helping this first person make more money, this first person repair their relationships, this third person with their body. They were different age, different socioeconomic status, different culture. And I kept getting clients like this. And then I realized that I was teaching them the same thing. If you want to make money, there's this body of information. If you want to repair your relationships, there's this body of information. Blah, 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 blah. And so we've packaged that now into what we call at Human Potential Academy, our courage foundational tenets. And HPA has just grown and expanded at such a rapid and like cohesive uh, speed that it is like actually truly remarkable to see the people that are supportive of our long-term vision, which has to do with bridging the worlds of science and spirituality and bridging the worlds of emotion slash spirituality and finance. And we want to do that through ushering in new education uh, new medicine and new ways that our culture uh, communicates with each other. I really love hearing this. And I know just so the audience knows, like Matthew and I have had quite a few conversations at this point and, you know, <laughs> hearing about HPA again, and even the hundred days of discipline, like it's just refreshing because it's such an embodiment of your one, three and being a generator and just like responding and experimenting and then taking this data. Like it's just such a prime example of, how you've created your businesses. And obviously that's that's the work that I do with people. It's like using your human design and your gene keys to create a business that's sustainable for you and that is an authentic expression of you, right? And so I actually wanna, I wanna talk about the specific thing. We're talking about the 100 days of discipline. And I love this structure and how you know, we take something that everyone can do, which is like move your body 20 minutes a day. And that allows you to have that mental strength. And it's interesting because something that I started experimenting with this summer and I've been bringing it into the fall reluctantly is cold plunging. Uh -huh. So this has been so interesting. And I'm sure I know you're familiar with this without even needing to ask, but it's like, one thing I noticed about this is when it comes to doing the hard things. So I started cold plunging with Guillaume, my fiance, and it's like being at the beach, like this is a metaphor, but it's literally happening. Being at the beach, it's fucking cold. It's windy. You're like looking at the water. There's a lot of seaweed. And you're like, okay, cool. So I need to like go in there. And then there's this procrastination and you're like sitting there in your bathing suit. And it's interesting because the hardest part is actually just getting in the water. It's like, it's just getting in the water. And then as soon as I'm up to my neck, it's like the body just kind of like, okay, we're here now we're, we're in it. And so I'm curious what it is that you think psychologically that happens for people. Once you kind of get past that point and you hit that consistency and doing a hundred days of discipline where people start to get that mental strength. Like, what is that sweet spot? Cause I feel like everyone's like, well, yeah, if I had the discipline to do something for a hundred days straight, I would have more money. I would have the person of my dreams. I would have more success in my business. I would lose weight, whatever it is. So I want to hear you elaborate on this because I feel like that was like such a golden nugget. And I'm just like pulling it out now. Perfect. Yeah. And amazing. So cold plunging, we incorporate in both our youth program and our adult adult program. Essentially, our courage program is basically like you're going to tap into your inner one, three gen child. That's the courage program. The courage program is about taking data. And it's about if you're are you scared? Well, good, you have to be for courage to exist. 
without fear, you can't be brave because there's nothing to be courageous towards. And so it is like literally an anti-action paralysis, anti-fear, one, three gen for the next three months because you need data. And so now to answer your question, I, I saw this thing the other day about uh, psychedelics and it was just like a meme. And it was like, it was like a meme where like one, one guy is like a picture and he says to him like, oh, like, when, when do you like stop getting forms of anxiety before doing before doing psychedelics? And then the guy responds, responding back, he's like, that's the interesting thing. You don't. <laughs> and it's the same for cold water. I've been doing it for so, so long. And I'm literally every time like, what am I doing right now? What is going on? And winter's coming. And I was cold plunging last year. And in winter, it's like, you get all the justifications around why this is a dumb idea, right? All the, blah, 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 blah. that's kind of like re really it. So at the, the first, lesson in both courage and the executive edge is something that's called AQ. We may have spoken about this in the past already. It's called AQ. Almost nobody knows about it. Okay. We all know what IQ is, intelligent quotient, our ability to remember, recognize patterns. Blah, 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 blah. About 50% of people are familiar with EQ, which is emotional quotient. It's your ability to like tune into others. How are they feeling? Are they feeling sad, mad, happy? And then how do I act accordingly? AQ was coined in 1997. It's they've they've it's a it's a predictor of happiness, success, ability to learn, uh, longevity, and nobody knows what it is. AQ stands for adversity quotient, or in business adaptability quotient, and so this is what we teach. If you for your audience members, just Wikipedia something called psychological resilience. In psychological resilience, it encapsulates three things, adversity, adaptability, and grit. Our whole program is about upping your AQ because you can be the smartest, most compassionate, rich person, but when your cat dies of old age and it, oh, you have no adversity quotient now and it blows that apart. I call it living in a glass castle where like I can throw a rock at it and it shatters. I would rather have a small stone hut than a big glass castle. And so I believe AQ to be more important than IQ and EQ put together, especially because right now uh, we have more sensory overload through sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch than probably ever in humanity. And so the ability to ad adapt to adversity and adapt to your new scenarios is like of utmost importance. So here to answer your question, there isn't a secret sauce to being better at it, except you just get better at it. And so the, what I always tell my clients is it doesn't get easier. The weight doesn't get lighter. You just get stronger. Every time I lift up a 40 pound weight, it weighs 40 pounds. But after doing it for 100 days, it's a little bit easier for me to do. So there's no secret sauce. I just love that you point that out because people keep asking for the secret sauce. Yeah. Like, oh, but there needs to like be a way. But you know what's funny? I think is that people don't trust themselves to do it, and then they don't trust themselves to be consistent, or they don't trust themselves and or to succeed, and mm -hmm. so that just creates that self sabotaging pattern. Totally, totally. And well, here's here's like something super important to be aware of is the way that uh, the brain works. Which I um, there's some things that I'm just can't believe is not talked about more. If you tell yourself. Tomorrow, I'm going to wake up at 6 a.m. and I'm going to exercise. And then you wake up at 7 and you don't exercise. 
you're literally making a program in your brain that goes, every time I tell myself I'm going to wake up at 6 a.m., that equals me not waking up at 6 a.m. So one of the tip top most important things to do is not lie to yourself. Set small achievable goals and then don't lie to yourself and actually do them because this is the program that you are programming. So it gets more difficult. You say people can't trust themselves. They're right. They can't because they're constantly lying to themselves. And so you need to keep the promises you make to yourself. And that requires humility and accuracy and patience. And so that's like, there's a book called Tiny Habits. If you're readers, I 100,000% recommend that book as well. But like tip top, if you take away one thing from this call, even though we've got some more time here, it's like keep the promises to yourself because you are wiring your brain to run a certain program. Whenever you say, I'm going to do X, Y, Z, whatever that outcome is, that's going to be the program that you're locking in. And it will be more difficult over time to escape that pattern. This is so good because now if people are listening and they're like, oh, the question really is where the fuck are you lying to yourself? If -hmm. you say, oh, the diet starts on Monday and it doesn't start on Monday, that's a lie. If you say, oh, I'm going to go to bed earlier and not scroll on my phone. And then you scroll on your phone. That's a lie. So looking at where the lies are, but then here's the thing too, is like not making drama about it because it's like, you said you would do something. You didn't do it, clean it up, restore the integrity and create that new possibility. Like, okay, well, this is the tiny, small habits you talked about. I've heard of tiny habits. I haven't personally read it, but one thing I will say, and I know that you probably know this is when you, when you match your habits with something that you're already doing. Like in the morning, I meditate and I journal. So you got to like stack the habits that you're already doing if you want to shift the lies that you're already telling yourself. So I love that you're like bringing this into the work that you're doing. And there's there's another question that's like brewing inside me that I want to ask. You know, you talked about with Human Potential Academy, how you have the five different pillars. And, you know, you're going to get clients who are thriving in two or three or four or maybe one and not the others. If there's a certain way of behaving and showing up in life that allows us to produce results, why is it that some people are better in some pillars than others? Wow, it is really quite a big spread. I can't tell you where people are excelling, but I can tell you where they're struggling and they're struggling financially and spiritually. Yeah, which I call those the abundance pillars. So like physical, emotional, mental is like your your matter suit. We don't say, I don't say meat suit. I say matter suit because it's made of matter and it matters. It's oh the my ma- God. I know, it's the matter suit. But the spiritual and the financial pillar, those are your abundance pillars. And those are definitely the two arenas that people are struggling in. Uh, we actually have two types of clients. We have the spiritually abundant and the financially struggling and the financially abundant and the spiritually struggling. And very few, if any, people are up in both. Like I could name it on both hands. You could count. And so... Yeah, I mean, why are some people, uh, honestly, childhood, parents, yep, their upbringing and their education. And and as, as I've gone like deeper down these rabbit holes of exploring why people are getting in their own way and why they're not, I've recognized that something that's happened in the psych- psychological space is we've really been like, the traumas that you sustained from your parents in the first five years, that's why you are the way that you are. And there's a lot of validity to that. However, and this is because I'm an only child, I've really recognized this. I think there's three areas of relationships that cause traumas that lead to self-deprecating talks of various kinds that lead to inaction 
etc. And it's the relationship with our parents from the age of two to seven. And then the relationships with our tribe, who is your peers, who is the school that you're going into and you're not with for the following 10 years, seven to 17. And then for the next 10 years, it's the romantic relationships that you get into. And I see those three, one, two, three, as creating this basket of traumas or empowering and a combination of both that leads to some people excelling very naturally in other arenas uh, comparatively to others. I love that you bring this up because I think we try to outwork our childhood experiences <laughs> and just like, oh, I'm just going to work harder. Oh, I'm just going to, you know, distract my sp myself, spiritual bypass and all of that. And it's crazy because this year, I'm 33 as we record this. And I think this year at this age, after being in personal development for like a decade, I've realized some of the biggest subconscious patterns that have been running around the relationship that I had or have with my dad and how that shows up in my financial realm. Mm. And it's unbelievable. I was literally last night, I'm doing a money seminar and I'm writing down, you know, my current reality and I'm looking at the behaviors and I'm like, holy shit, that's exactly how my dad behaves with money. And that's exactly how I don't want to be. And that's how I'm being. And it was wild. It was so wild to get that impact and, and like have to then look at back to the beginning of our conversation, where the fuck am I lying to myself? Yeah. Where, where am I, where am I saying I'm doing, I'm going to do this and I'm not doing this. Like, oh my God, there's so much to clean up right? Yeah, I just had a chuckle there. Because literally, that's like the one of the jokes is like, someone comes to me, and they say, I want to make more money. And the first question I ask them is, how's the relationship with your father? That's like, we've been saying that for a year. They're like, what do you mean? I need to work on goals. And I need to like, learn how to do sales. And it's like, we could make the money, but it's going to be gone in a month if we don't address this first. And so that's just that's why I was. That's why my response was a chuckle to what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's like can yeah. you can you elaborate on that specifically why you said father and not mother? I'm curious what what the archetypes have to do with that. Yeah, so uh, there's a few different things, and this is a this is a pattern that I've recognized exists, but I haven't been able to pinpoint exactly why it exists. Okay, so what what I'm going to be speaking on now is speculation and one three in in motion trying to figure it out. Okay. So I think there's a few different reasons. And one of them is most oftentimes the father is the breadwinner, or at least making more of the money. Okay, that's the that's the first one. The second one is uh, biologically, when we are from the age of two till 15, almost or even for, from the first x amount of years, when we are looking at dad and mom biologically dad is the protector mom is the nurturer like if a if a wild animal comes and attacks the family biologically dad's the one that picks up the spear and defends and so that in itself is a construct of safety and the energetic and maybe even physical walls that protect you, which we need to have resources to have and create, uh, which we can link back to root chakra if we want to go down that whole route, but th that, that as well. And then there is one more 
really interesting one, which is that our relationship with our father uh, can be a, a, a representation of our relationship with God, where where God is the um, the redeemer and the judge. So like the in traditional, in traditional familial roles, the 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 father dishes the tough love, where the mother dishes the soft love, the nurturing, the feeding, the nourishing. And it's the father's duty to like take the boy into the world and show him that the world isn't safe. There's this like saying that says the good mother fails because she protects her baby from harm and then she passes. And then because she's protected her baby from harm, her baby is harmless and the world isn't. And so I believe there to be this like masculine duty of uh, essentially equipping your children with, with the ability to go out into the world and actually uh, not get destroyed by it. And that requires the dad to like, you know, energetically or, who knows maybe physically like give them a push and they go oh it's like yeah the world's the world's gonna do that to you like you can't keep lying to me and not getting punished because if you go out into the world and lie to your boss you're gonna get fired and so you lied to me once you write lines you lied to me twice you can't see your friends for a, a week you lied to me three times and you're gonna find out what happens right and and creating that sense of like um such an interesting thing like I, I read this thing one time about the the healthy fear of god being equivalent to the alpha male lion where like the female lions look at him and they know that he could destroy them his head is twice the size he's an extra 200 300 pounds and so there's that kind of like oh like ah but he's on their side. So they don't have this actual like tyrannical sort of fear, but that like, oh, I don't want to, I don't really want to fight that guy. And so I think these are all linked in some way in like a deeper biological resource acquiring uh, copy paste because he's the man, he's that person type of a method. Yeah, this, this is something, again, I, I recognize the data, but I'm trying to figure them out. Yeah, that's, those are the primary ones that I've got so far. Yeah, I love how you are combining the different modalities. You know, like you're talking about God, you're talking about human behavior, you know, you're talking, you know, you're bringing in the science as well. And I think that it just goes to show how incredibly influenced we are as humans. As much as we try to act like we have it all figured out and we have control over everything, we really don't. And I think that that's just part of surrendering and having the willingness to learn and to unfurl and to accept the fact that, yeah, there's going to be things that we've subconsciously picked up, especially, you know, you kept, you kept talking about the ages of two to seven, looking at seven to 15 and so on. It's like, we're literally unconscious beings until the age of seven years old. Like what mm -hmm. happens until then is unbelievable. And like, yeah, we may not understand exactly what money is, but the behavior and the energy around it is so incredibly influential. And I'm like already, I'm listening to you and I'm like, yeah, I can just see exactly now that I have this awareness what's happened. And again, it took me 33 years. But the reality is at this point, it's like, we just, we have to accept what happened and decide, okay, I'm going to keep 
behaving that way, believing that, showing up that way, or you or you create the change. So I love everything that you've shared so far. And you, there's just so many different modalities now that you bring together. I would love to hear a little bit more in terms of how you bring in human design with Human Potential Academy and 100 Days of Discipline, because I obviously that's that's my jam. And I know you're into it as well. So I'd love to hear more about that as a tool in, in your businesses. Cool. So for 100 Days of Discipline, we don't incorporate it that much because it's like there's some things that in my opinion like supersede human design for example like no one in the human design can go and drink two liters of bleach and be okay right <laughs> right that does that that is outside of the human design uh we all need to exercise and move daily except maybe women on their cycle for a day or two that's a side convo except maybe um we all need to move every day we got to drink enough water every day so 100 days of discipline is like really quite simple. It's like get into this container, do things you don't want to do for 100 days because you said you would, right? Now for Human Potential Academy, human design is actually one of our core cultural operating lenses that we go through. We have a, we have a few that like we, we live into and we talk about and we incorporate in our culture. And so how we incorporate human design is is in a multitude of ways. Um, our intake form is so cool for Human Potential Academy. We have we have our clients do. Uh, we give they, we get their um, information so we can see their human design. We get their five big personality traits, their sabotage, their attachment theory, a handful of things, and we know them. Like we know more about them than they can tell us in that first meeting. And and human design again is one of those things where for me, my whole spiritual journey. I'm a very spiritual person, but it's been scientific based. Like if, if I hear something, first time I heard human design, I'm like, that's definitely bullshit, but I'm going to take data. Three, three line first, that's bullshit. One line, I'm going to take data though. And taking data, taking data, taking data, taking data. And as far as I can tell, the data is in. This is, this, this is somehow, don't know how, but the data is in, it works, it applies. And so how do we weave it into Human Potential Academy? Obviously working with our clients. Um, and we do it with our clients the same way we've done it with ourselves. And one of my favorite things about human design and various other psychological tests is that you can separate the human proclivities from the human. So for example, when I'm like, oh, like I just, oh, like I hurt that person's feelings. And like, I was in integrity. I was saying the truth. I was just doing my thing. And I'm like, oh, ouch. I can be like, well, that's my three line. And my 360 mutation channel bumping into someone and mutating their situation. And they don't like that. And Brian's been great for this. He's like, he's like, let me invite into your avatar that this is going to be your experience and the beauty always comes from it. And that's the data. And so allowing to have compassion for my own proclivities and then for others. So Brian, Selena and I, the founders, it's great. We have a one, three generator, five, one manifester, two, five projector. It's like a really good combo to be operating a business like ours. And so because we have the depths of the understandings of the different profiles and the different types, and obviously the incarnation crosses and all those other things, but just talking profiles and types, um, I can have compassion for Selena preventing burnout, where I am like, can't be burnt out. 
And I'm just like going, 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 going. And instead of being like, well, I'm doing way more than you are. And I'm putting in way more hours and da, da, da. I can just be like, aha, your talent is something that I so much need to even be able to one, three gen at the speed that I'm going at. And then Brian and I are always in this fantastic container where I'm a one, three generator focused on vision. And he's a five, one manifester focused on the people involved in the vision. Because sometimes I can just be like, we need a person to fit the slot and then they fit it. And then they, the person is acting in a type of way. And I'm like, let's just remove them and put a new person in. I'm just like kind of like going attached to the vision, committed to the vision, but unattached to what it looks like and who's in it. And then Brian's bringing this like, well, hold on, like, hold, let me five line this for a bit. And so my one, three, uh, like data collection machine, and they're both five lines allows them to like oh you know this and that and then apply the the appropriate things to the people coming in because i'm just a neuroscience and psychological data extractor and that helps them with their five line and so we always have this really amazing like i'm really focused first on the vision which could be the business success um even though it's bigger than just saying business um, where Brian is really focused on every single individual being safe throughout the process. Cause I'm just one, three cowboy, right? I'm like, if they're not all in, they're all out. And he's like, well, hold on, hold on. People aren't just going to do that. I'm like, yeah, that's fair. And so we have this amazing container that we get into. And so it's slightly long winded, but how we incorporate human potential, uh, human design into human potential Academy is in the back end, uh, the corporate culture, recognizing people's profiles, types, and the natural proclivities that will come with that. We have a 2-4 projector who's been helping us with web design. So like we expect her to hermit and we know that she is going to need to be around us and feeding off of our community. And she's also going to like totally go off the grid and she's in her web design mode. It's like, great, perfect. See that, know that, love that, respect that. Not how I do things, but you're good at your thing. So go ahead. So it really allows us to see our uh, complementary differences and not all uh, operate under the same lens. I so appreciate you sharing how this is really a tool for inclusivity, right? Mm -hmm. Whether you're obviously working with your team or you're working with your clients. And I love that human design, I mean, obviously I'm biased, right? But I love that human design isn't just about like your strengths. You know what I mean? Like, let's say a two, four, somebody who's going to be into the community, coming, extracting, networking, and then pulls back. Some people might think, oh, that person's not social. They're, you know, introvert. They're this, like they need to be out more. They're not talkative enough, whatever, but they don't realize that that's how you, that's how they internalize. Like I'm a six, two that I pull back. I'm in a major hermit mode. Haven't shown my face on stories in like over a week. And I'm like, I just don't want to do it right now. But it's like, I'm pulling back. I'm doing so much behind the scenes that nobody knows about. And then that sixth line will come through and be like, I'm role modeling what I've just gone through the last two weeks. Here's everything. And, and so I just, I, I'm so happy to see more businesses, more companies, more people using this other tool, because it's just, I think it's, it's such a, it's such a game changer, even though there is such a spiritual side to it, you know, like we've got the astrology and the Kabbalah and it's like, it's not scientifically driven, but the evidence I find is coming from the people validating. Yes, that does resonate. Yes, this does work for me. And that's the science that's, that, that I feel like is coming through right now. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's like, we can say it's not science, but like from Matthew's personal experience, the data that I have collected is it's batting 100%. Like every person, and 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 it's not just like, 
Oh, like a horoscope that could apply to everybody. There's like specific things within the gates, within the hexagram lines that people are like, whoa, that is like exactly me. Weird. Yeah. So yeah, good. So good. I love everything that you shared today. And I just want to thank you for even getting into the nitty gritty. I mean, I just feel like I called on your your one line, be like, tell us more. Let's talk about AQ. Let's talk about <laughs> this. And you just like went into it, which is amazing. And I would love if you can share where people can connect with you online. I'm going to have everything in the show notes. So just so that people know if they want to come and check out the Courage Program, come do the 100 Days of Discipline, whatever it is, I'm giving you the reins to share right now. Amazing. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Um, we have free weekly community calls that we do for Human Potential Academy. So I'd want to start there. Um, it's 6 p.m. Mondays PST. Sometimes we do a breath work. Sometimes it's like an info session like today. Other times it's just like town hall of a whole bunch of awesome people like talking. I'm vulnerable here. People talk. It's, so it's really, really great. Um, how you can find me is my Instagram, which is Matthew Finland or Human Potential Academy's Instagram, or 100 Days of Discipline Instagram. And that would really be the, the best ways. Finding us on Instagram, checking out our website, humanpotentialacademy.org, 100daysofdiscipline.com. And uh, yeah, we would, I would love to speak with anyone and tell them about tell them about what we're doing. Yeah. So good. Before I wrap things up, this is my final question for you. I would love for you to share a piece of intuitive wisdom that you think people need to hear today. If you have an idea to do something and you're scared to do it, you can use that metric of fear as a barometer to know that you should, and then just do it and see what happens. Said by a true three line, <laughs> feel the fear and do it anyways. So good. Well, thank you again, Matthew, for coming on today, sharing so graciously. There's so much wisdom in this episode. I'm really excited to share it with everyone and have them listen. And of course, everyone, please check out the show notes for all the links. And I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in. If you can take a moment to subscribe to the channel and leave a review, I would deeply appreciate that. And if you share this episode on social media, tag us so that we can celebrate with you and be excited. So thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll chat with you in the next episode. Bye.